I just swallowed it all <laughs> at once because uh, I was. Ugh. So that's going to be the lead-in for the episode, right? I yep. just swallowed it all. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just one big oh, gulp. God. Welcome to the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad Episode 9, I think that's right, a selectbutton.net Gaiden podcast. Every week we select, nope, not every week, every other week, we select three games at random, uh, you get to vote on which one we play, and then afterwards we discuss that game using the five standardized metrics for scoring a video game, which are gun, vanity, mystery, poetry, and harmony. Uh, I'm your host, Virtual Clint. I'm your co-host, Courier Rice. And today we are joined by... I'm one second before. I'm Sakarina. I'm Bachelor, president of Bachelorsoft, makers of the greatest video game of all time, D3 to Natural Playboys. Because of this podcast, I put mayonnaise in my coffee. I'm Talpa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that leads me right into what we're playing this week, which is called Motoko-chan No Wonder Kitchen, uh, which is probably the best game about mayonnaise in the world. I mean, there could be a better one. It's the best game we've done. It might be, actually. It's pretty good. Um, It was released in 1993. It's no Chuck Rock! It's not Chuck Rock! God damn it. (laughs) We're doing this out of order. (laughs) <laughs> so so this game was released in 1993. Uh, it was developed and published, apparently, by Ajinomoto, which is a company that began life as an MSG producer and continues to produce wonderful things, according to Wikipedia, like seasonings, cooking oils, TV dinners, and pharmaceuticals, which is a bit odd. I didn't look into it that much. Uh, they also produced this video game, and currently they produce 40% of the world's aspartame, which is a, uh, a sweetener. So that's bizarre. Uh, <laughs> this is a, uh, a cooking simulator game that also happens to be an advertisement for mayonnaise and a Keebler Elf's fever dream. It's bizarre. Uh, <laughs> and I asked everybody to play an hour um, how long did you actually play, and about how far would, did you get in the game? I played it to the finish, and I I expect that took maybe an hour and a half or two hours. I played it for about an hour because, this is embarrassing, but I forgot we were recording today until an hour before we recorded, so I uh, did as much as I could, and I got to make one recipe with a penguin, and it was great. My bus got stuck in traffic for 40 minutes last week, so I played 40 minutes on the bus, and it was a very strange way to spend my bus ride to work. Uh, And then for the rest of the story, uh, because I only did one recipe in that time, uh, so I watched a playthrough on YouTube for the rest because I've been very busy this week. I played for like two hours just now, and uh, maybe half of that was me playing reverse and I eventually won Reversi, so I think I won the game. Though after that, I did do one recipe. I played for about two hours, and uh, I I 
one reverse four times in a row and uh, was disappointed that there wasn't a special reward for that. And I also beat the Spoilers. game. Yeah. The special reward is you just outdid me, Toba, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, getting, getting heavy in here. The first openly hostile podcast we've had. Um, I played about an hour and a half. I want to say I did just two recipes uh, because I did end up playing, uh, spending about half an hour playing Reversi, and I beat her three times, but then I lost the fourth time. So uh, the, at Reversi, of course. So I now I have argue- two enemies on here, huh? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would. I would argue that our uh, first hostile episode and still most hostile episode was Tetris Two, but that was the game being hostile to us. I, I have to agree. <laughs> and we were very hostile towards that game as well. So, <laughs> yeah, it was mutual. All right, cool. So, okay, so that's how far we got in the game. Let's just go right into the first topic, which is gun. And I'm not, I am not going to make a mayonnaise gun joke here. This is not a mayonnaise gun joke. Definitely not a gross joke, okay? Just wanted to be clear. Um, so what, what's this game's gun? Where's the gun in this game? It, it's a pixel hunting adventure game. Uh, that's it. Uh, if you can follow, if you can, like, even remotely follow instructions in, uh, Japanese, then you'll be finished in an hour. There is a literal gun on the pirate ship. Uh, there's cannons, but they don't fire anything. They fire little smoke uh, rings. So, you know, whether or not that really is a gun is kind of up to your own personal preferences. Uh, one of the cannons fires a rainbow. Oh. Yeah, you've got to keep clicking one... that cannon. You clearly aren't gun crazy enough because if you keep clicking that, eventually you get a rainbow and it's beautiful. Damn. One of the one of the cannons fires a cabbage, and then if you click it again, it fires several light balls that eventually uh, become the rainbow that we saw earlier in the uh, the Discord. I take it all back. Those guns are great. This is yeah. this is a game that's about guns. So I want to I want to say a couple of things just to really confuse our listeners. So there was a point where a scuba dwarf told me about the history of mayonnaise and you could see his crotch bulge. Um, there was definitely a point where I went into a tree and there was a volcano in there and I found a genie in a treasure chest. And this is a cooking simulator game, right? Uh, <laughs> but it's it's not, though. That's sort of like maybe 15% of what you do. Most of what you're doing is trying to find the ingredients. And yeah, it's a point-and-click pixel hunt-ish adventure game uh, that doesn't really have... Like, it's, it's not puzzles, really. You're not using items from your menu. You're just clicking on things. Sometimes you have to click one thing before you click another thing. It reminds me most of computer games I used to play as a kid that were ostensibly adventure games, but were really just interactive picture books. Uh, I loved them because there were just so many weird little things that you could click on and get weird little songs and animations and shit. Um, I can't remember the name of any of them. I think one was based on Arthur. There was this weird bear 
guy. There was one that was about a mousetrap. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it reminded me the most of that, and it is very true to that sort of wonderment and strangeness. 80% of the things that you click on, they don't do anything meaningful, but they have weird little musical interactions or animations and stuff. It's, it's pretty amazing. So that's how you end up going from a kitchen to a pirate ship, is you jump in the freezer, go to a castle in the sky, and then fall off the cloud into a pirate ship. Which is amazing. Yeah, this really does have a lot in common with uh, like 90s PC adventure games that were targeted for a younger audience. Um, I can't. I, I definitely played those, and I can't remember any of them except that my sister had one that I think was called like Dream Dollhouse, and it's like a dollhouse you go through, and everything you click on has its own little uh, fun animation in response. You know, that kind of thing is great. It's very charming, and it's well done here. One of the things I was thinking about as I was playing this is that despite the fact that I am making a faux hypercard game, I've never played the manhole. I was wondering how much this had in common with the manhole, because maybe that's just my only point of reference for this sort of thing where you just like click on stuff and stuff happens. Like, has anyone played the manhole or any of those, you know, other kind of hypercard era games? They've always been on my list. I haven't gotten into any of the uh, super early hypercard games. Yeah, that's <laughs> me too. <laughs> so yeah. we've never played them. Cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, same. But from what I've seen of them, like in videos and stuff, I think that's a pretty apt comparison. This does feel like uh, kind of a hypercard style thing. Yeah, because this is like 93, right? And like a lot of that CD ROMI, like. I... <sighs> I'm trying to remember the name of that, that that one lady who died in a weird scenario because she was like messing around with Scientology, and she was like making like uh, games that were somewhat like this. They were aimed at like young girls, and they were just like you know you click around, stuff happens, and they're neat. Mavis Beacon. <laughs> <laughs> I I just I just googled game developer died Scientology, and it's just giving me a list of Scientology controversies. There's not anything good in here yet. There's some. There's apparently a, a concept in Scientology of a game, specifically because there's a Wikipedia article about game parentheses Scientology. So I don't know. <laughs> Holy shit! Are we all Scientologists because we played this game now? Fuck. I've oh. interfaced, and like I'm, all my thetans are gone. But, oh, it's Teresa Duncan, I think. I think that's her name, Teresa Duncan. We're all furiously Googling this. I'm genuinely afraid to open a browser in case my microphone just completely crashes. Yeah, I've heard of her. Um, I've heard of these games. They're uh, very well-loved. I mean, these were, like, good games made for young women at a time when almost all games were targeted towards adolescent men. I mean, I guess that's still the case, but especially hey, back then. what's the rumpus? One of them is narrated by David Sedaris. This is like what? children's games for the NPR crowd, I guess. <laughs> oh my yes. god. I think it's pre-famed David Sedaris, too. Excellent. <laughs> and, and, and clearly, M Motoko-chan got to this way before Chop Suey did, because this is 1993. They were ahead of the curve. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> kids love mayonnaise that's what i've learned from this game yeah like that's the weirdest thing about this is that it is clearly targeted towards children but what kid is making like these semi-complex recipes where you stuff a tomato with mayonnaise and fish and various other things I, like it doesn't 
it doesn't compute for me. Like, who is this targeted towards? Well, the kid just bullies their parents into making some kind of disgusting mayonnaise soup in a tomato cup. That looked delicious, actually, thank you. (laughs) I was fine with it until you put an extra heavy uh, glop of mayonnaise uh, on top. Yeah, that was too much. It was unforgivable. The way it was flopping out was just too much. If you don't put the mayonnaise on top, you don't know there's mayonnaise inside. It's like, oh, it's a warning. It's a warning against those who are allergic to the amazing taste of mayonnaise. Does mayonnaise taste different in Japan? Does anybody know? Yes. Yeah, it does. It's, uh, I want to say, sweeter and creamier. That actually makes this weirder. Because I can't, I don't know. I wouldn't imagine it being sweeter would make it better. I think one of the closest analogs you can come to is maybe like what mayonnaise they have at Subway restaurants. Like that's probably the closest thing we've got to Japanese mayonnaise. I worked at a Subway and as far as I know, we just use regular ass mayonnaise. Okay, so does does that mean we can call you a sandwich artist, Curry? I will commit suicide if you do that. Right on the podcast. <laughs> oh my god. I would embrace that label. I mean, maybe it's tainted by the association to Jared, but it's still an artist of some form. I just I like this was a corporation and I worked at the the worst subway of all time, so every time they referred to me as a sandwich artist, I grated my teeth so hard. You just got those uh post traumatic flashbacks of working at that subway. Pretty much. Okay, so uh, have I now made the most antagonistic and the most PTSD flashbacks in one episode of the SNE Exploration Squad podcast? Have I fucked up that bad so far? Still Tetris (laughs) 2. Yeah. I was having flashbacks as we played that game, so... Or as we talked about that game. (laughs) So I was really hoping that uh, we were about to discover that Subway has, like, crypto-Japanese mayo secretly that no one knows about. I guess not, huh? That would be pretty amazing. I would actually love that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let's... Okay. Motoko-chan. Mayonnaise is weird. Who... Wait. Show of hands. Let's go down the list. Who here hates mayonnaise? I... I don't know how to feel about mayonnaise. I deeply hate mayonnaise on a level that's, like, Maybe my least favorite food stuff ever. I'm talking like if there was a lever in front of me and there was a little sign that said, like, if you pull this lever, you will eliminate all mayonnaise from the world and from history. I wouldn't think twice. I would pull the lever. Like a true weeb, I only like Japanese mayonnaise. I didn't have an appreciation for mayonnaise until I moved to Chicago and I lived right by this place called the Wiener Circle, which is famous enough. (laughs) It got a reality show at one point. That's the new name of our podcast, by the way. (laughs) The Wiener Circle. (laughs) There's a Wiener Circle in this game. Yeah, I I posted the screenshot of the Wiener Circle in the Discord. Oh, God, there is. Okay. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. And the the French fries at that place were so bad. Like, the food wasn't great. Like, one time a dude came in, like, who worked there, and there was a McDonald's across the street, and he sat down with his sack full of McDonald's, and he said, there's no way I'm going to eat the shit we serve here while I'm in line waiting to order food. And the only way I can make the French fries palatable is by having mayonnaise. Because, you know, there was that movie where they talked about the French people who dipped their fries in mayonnaise. And oh, yeah, worked. Reservoir Dogs. Yes, that one. <laughs> so now I appreciate mayonnaise, especially wasabi mayonnaise. It's really good. 
I personally don't hate mayonnaise, but the way it was used in this game revolts me. See, I like mayonnaise. Like, I'm the guy who puts mayonnaise on... Well, okay, as a kid, I used to have... um, What's that shit called? This, like, wonder mayonnaise. It's really just this sweet garbage. Miracle Whip? Thank you. I'm like, I know it's, like, miraculous, amazing food, and then it just tastes like shit. Um, That stuff sucks. But uh, I used to like that as a kid. Then I got my hands on real mayonnaise, and I was hooked. Uh, But I will put that on on every sandwich. Uh, I, I hate... I don't hate mustard... But it definitely loses out to mayonnaise, and I'll just mix it to and make mustard mayonnaise. So I'm a big fan. This game is oh, meant God. for me. <laughs> mayo turd? You make mayo, mayo turd? Mustardinase? Mustardinase. I just really want to, like, I, I really want to lean into the fact that every time I make a sandwich with mayonnaise, I get a little extra on the knife and just lick it off. <laughs> no. Must mayo stardinase? Sorry. That's enough Mr. Show references. <laughs> We're going to need, like, a gif. I'm sorry, that's how I pronounce it. I don't care what you say. We're going to need a gif of you licking mayonnaise off a knife, Clint. As soon as this podcast is over, I'll go record myself just chowing down on mayonnaise. Big ol' spoonful. Ah. I'm going to quit. I quit the show. <laughs> just mm-mm-mm. That raw egg shit. I don't know. I don't know what's in there. It's gross. Um, oh, uh, but I do want to note that uh, real mayonnaise, like made from scratch, is way better than the stuff you buy in a jar. So I can imagine that. And wasabi mayonnaise is great. Give me that, like, spicy mayo. Oh, it's good. Actually, on the topic of mixing things with mayonnaise, um, after you complete a recipe in this game, they give you a special sauce recipe. Uh, Motoko-chan gives you that. Uh, and I think there's curry mayonnaise, there's parsley mayonnaise, and there's... Uh, I forget the other one. But yeah, they they encourage people to mix things with mayonnaise. However, like this entire game is basically a whole ad that tells you to mix things with mayonnaise, whether it's appropriate or not. I have a question about Japanese mayonnaise because apparently it's sweeter and creamier. Is it? Is it just fluffernutter? Oh, it's Nutella. Oh no, I don't know what that means, but it sounds really naughty. So that <laughs> it's a uh, it's a marshmallow sauce. It is so nasty. You do not want to have fluffernutter. That's my opinion. Oh, God, I loved that shit as a kid, too. Am I the person with the bad taste? Yes. Okay, good. I'm not alone. I did like that stuff as a kid, yeah. I don't think I've ever actually had fluffernutter. What a fucking name, though. Fluffernutter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what were they doing? You've got to emphasize the nutter. It's very important. Fluffernutter. I mean, Fluffer is already a job title in the porn industry, so you don't really have to emphasize anything. All of it is bad. It's all bad. Fluffer? Nutter? I hardly know her. (laughs) Fuck. Okay. (laughs) Oh, God. What other mayonnaise guns are in this game? Oh, there's... Okay, so the game is really strange in that you just click on something and then unexpectedly you're somewhere else. Like, and I kept expecting things to make sense and that they never did. I don't know why I kept expecting it. Um, the very first thing, place that I went was open the freezer and go to the castle in the clouds and then a penguin joined me up there and all sorts of weird... And then you end up in a pirate ship. Did anybody notice that on the pirate ship you could make it speed up and slow down by hitting the little balls on the top of the mast things? Yeah, and it also speeds up the music. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Um, oh, uh, there's. Did you guys get to the merry-go-round part? Yes, I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, it's kind of surreal that you can 
uh, let's see, I forget what it is you click, but it makes everything, including the music, play backwards. It's a Ferris wheel. You spin the Ferris wheel yeah, backwards. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, it's not just that they reverse the, the tune, they reverse the instruments as well, which says to me they had to have new samples for every instrument too, which is kind of funny. <laughs> They put a lot of work into all the stuff that doesn't really matter, which is everything in this game. Yeah, exactly. There's a You, you can open the uh, cupboard under the sink, and instead of finding trash there, or some, like, you know, cleaning chemicals, there's a sleeping witch in a very fluffy-looking bed who will play reversey with you. And winning reversey puts an X on her big witch hat, and if you win it three times in a row, you get three X's on there. If you win it four times in a row, apparently nothing happens. So that's and it's just every everything you do is just strange and unexpected. I, I loved that. I suspect actually the reversing mini game was so that they could legally call this uh, this thing a video game in Japan. Is that are you being for real? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, By the way, before we inevitably get into just spending the whole cast talking about vanity. Uh, I do want to quickly say, uh, did anyone finish the omelette recipe? No. Yes. Okay, because at the end of the recipe, they ask you to draw whatever you want on the omelette in mayonnaise. And I was wondering, for people who did do that, what did they draw? Well, I tried to write uh, SP on it for select button, uh, but then I didn't know how to stop drawing mayonnaise on it, so it just became <laughs> a hideous uh, uh, excretion of mayonnaise covering my omelet and ruining my appetite forever. <laughs> I nice. couldn't stop the mayonnaise! <laughs> my mayonnaise gun wouldn't stop. <laughs> sounds, like how, uh, slow. sounds like how Clint makes sandwiches. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Uh, what I did was I just drew a little Dragon Quest slime. Oh, that's nice. Mayonnaise slime. I love it. I, I, a mayonnaise slime would legitimately be uh, a very believable Dragon Quest enemy. Yeah, sure. So I want to talk about... Uh, I just want to give a brief summary of what this game is, because uh, I feel like we kind of accidentally skipped over that. But Yeah, I think you're right. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. So you start out in a kitchen, and it's point and click, as we said, and you can point on different things. They do different little fun animations. And uh, clicking on different parts of the kitchen take you to different locations. And in each location, you kind of follow an animal, and you go with the animal. You click on different ingredients that are hidden in the areas to pick them up. And then once you've got all the ingredients, it takes you to a kitchen. And when you're in the kitchen, uh, you've got a recipe, and you follow the recipe and create uh, you, like, cook some kind of dish that uses uh, liberal amounts of mayonnaise. And uh, then you go back to the kitchen, you go on the next quest to, be, to uh, get the next dish. Yeah, and that's, that's yeah, I guess I never, yeah, we didn't really summarize that. It's really just, yeah, you kind of jump into these portals to another dimension. The weirdest thing to me, maybe not the weirdest thing, but, like, you collect all the ingredients in these sub-locations, and then when you go to cook them, instead of coming back to the kitchen, you end up on an island that looks kind of like the view from Yoshi's Island, but not rotating. But it's, you know, it's above island or above the island kind of floating around. And then you have to pick a location there to actually make it. So one of them's in a cave. One of them was, where was the, 
Ah, crap. Where was the elephant? I forget. The elephant uh, uh, rides a hot air balloon into the beach area. That's right. And then the other one's in a cottage. And then you just end up back in the kitchen again. It's this weird journey. <laughs> you summon the kitchen with the this ritualistic arranging of food and seats and table. Amazing. And, and, and the and the room that you end up in just uh, dissolves all uh, Super Nintendo Mode Seven style into the kitchen. One of the things that this game has in common with games that have actual guns is that you would probably want to play it with a mouse. And luckily, this game supports a Super Famicom mouse. Uh, if you have one of those, so you can hook it up and point and click. However, I'm sure that most people listening to this podcast, even if they have a Super Famicom ma- uh, mouse, would not have this game because there were only ever 10,000 copies of this game made. Oh, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. This is a rare-ish game. Uh, for the Super Famicom, like it's kind of a collector's item because you didn't buy it. You mailed in uh, labels, proofs of purchase, and I think it was ten for this game. So you had to buy a lot. Like you had to buy a lot of mayonnaise to get this game in the first place. I think they missed their audience because the people who got this already loved mayonnaise. But wait, how much does mayonnaise cost? Because that seems like way cheaper than a Super Famicom game would cost. Those things were like ninety bucks, weren't they? Yeah, but it was a random drawing, so... Oh, so wait, you're, like, gambling. You can buy ten jars of mayonnaise, and you were not guaranteed the game? Gambling is illegal in Japan, but yes, you were gambling by buying mayonnaise and then uh, sending in your proof of purchase to them, and then they would draw... I think it was 2,000 people for five months every month. That is that, That's worse than any loot box. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Gambling is quote-unquote illegal in Japan. But what if you got this game? What if you actually got it? That would be amazing. Like, you just, hey, I I sent in my mayonnaise label and I got this fucking acid trip of a game, you know? That's the thing. Like, it was so hard to actually be the one to get the game. They kind of made it worth it, though. Imagine being the person who loves, loves, craves mayonnaise like Virtual Clint, but doesn't play video games. Well, then I wouldn't send in my damn proofs of purchase because I keep those and eventually frame them. Think think about being the person who is not into video games but really loves mayonnaise. Maybe you like, went out and you bought a Super Famicom totally convinced that you were going to win this raffle and you didn't win it. Imagine how sad and heartbreaking that would be. But maybe now they're a lifelong f- video game fan. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they were like, oh, I didn't get the mayonnaise game, but I did pick up Dragon Quest Five, Battle Jockey, Battle Jockey, yes, Battle Jockey. That's our that's our salaryman corner uh, game this week. Um, all right, what other gun notes do we have? I guess I I have one thing, but I might I'm just going to save it for vanity. I think. Um, cooking felt pretty good, actually. I mean, even though it's point and click, like you like click on a knife, for example, and you. Uh, then your cursor turns into the knife and then you click on the tomatoes and it cuts the tomatoes and it's got a great little tomato cutting sound effect. Like it actually feels pretty good. Yeah, I would totally agree. It felt like good and weighty. It did not feel like cooking at all, but it did feel good. Yeah, exactly. It it felt like, like crossing off a checklist, but it was fun. And that old DOS Mickey mouse goes to the park and eats his spaghetti way. 
Assassin's Creed is checking off a checklist, and that sells millions of copies, so there's nothing to worry about. Yeah, but in that, you press the triangle button to hit your head on things, or whatever it is. <laughs> Assassin's Creed, smash your face against a bad guy a thousand times. Yeah, I would totally fucking play an Assassin's Creed that was about making mayonnaise-based recipes. And then smashing your face into it. Motoko-chan Wonder Creed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Alright, I think, yeah, I think that pretty much covers it, though. I mean, it's a point-and-click game. This, you know, gun-wise, it's, it's mostly what it looks like, what it sounds like. So I'm happy to move on to uh, our next topic, which is Vanity. Wait, hold on, I have to look at my notes. What did I write about Vanity? Ah, yes. I don't know about you, but I have a lot to say about Vanity in this game. Why do I write this sixth grade book report shit? Anyway. <laughs> and I like that that's the only thing you wrote. <laughs> I, my Vanity section, the, the words I was writing got smaller and smaller and smaller because I had to fit more shit in. This game is extremely pretty. This is maybe our prettiest game just in the amount of effort and whimsicality put into every bit of it. Yeah, like, <clears throat> excuse me, everything about this game has obvious care. Oh my god. You're getting choked up? Yeah, I'm, I'm crying about this game. I'm fucking vaping. I'm vaping and drinking <laughs> scotch. <laughs> vaping mayonnaise. Oh boy. <laughs> That's probably a flavor. Uh, no, I'm definitely turned off mayonnaise, thank you. Yeah, that might have actually turned me off, mayonnaise. The more I think about that, the way it would cling to your mouth. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, this game obviously had a lot of care put into everything. It had really nice backgrounds. It had a consistent style throughout. It was wonderful. The music, where there was music, a lot of it was silent. Um, but the music was really cute. Um... The it, the intro music kind of reminded me of Harvest Moon. Each of the characters, of which there's really only two that talk, but they each have their own little like speech noise, like Banjo Kazooie esque. I really liked the sort of melodic, I, who I'm assuming is Motoko Chan, uh, her sort of melodic beep 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 beep. It was it was really cute. Yeah, the her little uh, her little I forget what it's called, but like the kind of sound that she makes when she's talking when the text is coming out. It has a sort of proto-Animal Crossing-ness to it, and it's actually very pleasant. Yeah, on the, the topic of sound design, there was a sunfish that you could poke, and it made a little bloop noise. That was cute. Um, if you click on the left chair in the kitchen, it would do this little dance, and it went like, ding, ding, and then it went nom, 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 and then ding, ding. It was, just, it was so fucking cute, and the sound design was, was great. <laughs> What what is everyone's like favorite interaction in this game? Because that's really, I guess, what the vanity will come down to. Like, I have a favorite. Mine's gonna have to be every time you whip out the mayonnaise, you <laughs> you click the you no shut up. <laughs> um, it's every time you if you pull out the if you go over to click the the Ajimoto or whatever bottle, then it pulls out the mayonnaise bottle. It does the dun 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 every time you do it because it's here. The mayonnaise is here. We're finally using the mayonnaise. We, we need that to have that. Great. You need to put that in here. You need to put that little jingle because it's really good. 
Yeah. All right. It just played right after you said that. Isn't that, isn't that great? The magic of podcasting. It's playing I, many times throughout the podcast, in fact. After every time everyone says anything, it plays. I'm, I'm into it. After <laughs> um, every anytime someone says the word mayonnaise. Yep. Oh, hell yeah. Exactly. It's playing every time. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Plus, that would be yeah. a nightmare to listen to. <laughs> but I do like the idea. Mayonnaise, 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 mayonnaise. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what my favorite interaction was. There was just so much weird shit going on that I think it kind of all slid off my brain. But there was one really funny, bizarre thing. Because you go into the oven... And you end up in an African plane, kind of, I don't know, just savannah. That's the word. I almost said safari. That's not right. You end up on a savannah. A belt? Yeah, that. <laughs> and there's, like, all these animals just chilling, including a lion and a, and a couple of giraffes and stuff. And you click on the giraffe, and a little baby giraffe comes up and, like, cuddles up. And it's so cute. But then next time you click on the giraffe, <laughs> it just stares at you. And it it's not like an animation with a set period of time the whole time you're clicking on the giraffe it stares creepily at you it was a little menacing and i really liked it i don't remember it staring i remember it glancing at you for exactly the length of your click which is you know you can't like hold it down i think so it was just like it was just like look quickly at me over and over as every time I clicked. You totally could hold it down. I held it down for a good like five seconds just looking at these giraffes staring right into the screen. Oh wow, yeah. I thought it was just like just kind of dismissing me. Uh my favorite interaction was in the kitchen when uh you click on the clock, the hands of the clock turn into a bird and like a little child's drawing of a bird, like the squiggle bird and uh, flies off the clock and then flies out the window. And you just watch it flying around outside the window for like a solid 30 seconds to a minute while uh, while beautiful music plays. It's wonderful. Yeah, there's a cute little song. It's lovely. Uh, if you click on the clock multiple times, you get a completely different animation, uh, I think three or four times. You're but kidding. It, well, yeah, it lasts just as long. But wow. does does the time changing actually affect anything? Because I was thinking, like, you know, maybe if I cook at night, like, something totally different happens. Uh, it just changes aesthetics, though I totally uh, uh, made sure that I was making blood in the middle of the night. Oh, well, this game's bullshit. I want to have, like, vampire potato mayonnaise or whatever the fuck it was. I definitely think it's important that before you get the wiener circle going, you turn off the lights. <laughs> there, yeah, you can yes. turn the lights on and off, and there's definitely a, a wiener circle that dances around, and it's a plate of wieners, the plate disappears, they do a little dance, and then they turn into gnomes or dwarves, I'm not sure. There's seven dwarves. I, it's clearly a, like it's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves reference or something. Yeah, they're I so thought small. so too. Yeah, they're, they're so tiny. small. They're, they're like David the gnome size, so I think they have to be gnomes. No, they're, they're fucking dwarves, and uh, you know how I know this? It's because Snow White maintains her uh, pa- uh, her uh, pallor by just uh, covering her face in mayonnaise every No! Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Snow White and Motoko Chen. No, fuck it. Whatever. Uh- 
<laughs> You're thinking of Snow White's cousin, Mayonnaise White. Yeah, that, that's another game that has way more mosaics. Uh, well, sorry, one second before, I have to correct you. That's not Mayonnaise White. That's Snow White's cousin, Off-White. Ooh. Ooh. Slightly yellowish. Egg White. Egg White! <laughs> yes. <laughs> my, my favorite interaction was definitely clicking on... Is it is the pirate flag Jolly Roger? You click on that and it disappears, and then you click on an umbrella and it flies off, and then you get a piece of corn, an ear of corn. I really like that. Yes, I was yeah. just thinking about that. That was one of my favorites. The umbrella turns into the ear of corn. I also like when you click on the sails of the pirate ship, they just get shot with a bunch of arrows. Oh yeah, that was weird. And you can have a little sword fight on the on the deck of the ship too. Like little just swords clinging, clanging. Yeah, that's right. The swords just fight each other. Oh, it's so it's so weird. There's a uh, if you click on a crow's nest in the ship, a seagull comes and lands on the the front part, whatever. And then uh, when you click on it again, it flies off. I mean, it's so understated that particular thing, but it's really cute. But my oh, my, my my least favorite interaction is that I clicked on a pufferfish puff like half a dozen times and it didn't blow up. And maybe that's not the sort of thing you want in your like mayonnaise endorsement tie-in game. But I wanted to blow up a puffer fish. And yeah. I mean, I you, do, you do cook a dead fish. They should That's have exploded true. that fish. Does anything <laughs> die in this game? I don't think anything died. Uh, no, but there is a brief moment of vor when the cute little elephant plush gets eaten by the lion. Vor. Yeah, that's right. It gets eaten by a lion and then spit out later at the circus. Oh, this circus was wonderful, by the way, because your, your pointer is a little hand, right? Like like you'd expect from a children's game. That's actually my favorite interaction, but yeah, go ahead and describe it. No, 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 you go. If it's your favorite, I want you to describe it. The circus is probably one of the... It's one of the two places in the game where uh, your hand actually becomes a part of the environment. So uh, you start doing circus tricks to uh, unlock the ingredients. Like, uh, you can do a trapeze act with your hand acting as a little person. Uh, you can balance on a giant circus ball, uh, which for some reason sets uh, sets a uh, rain on fire for the lion to jump through. It's very proto-Glover. Yeah, I thought the same thing. <laughs> the only thing I can think of that might die in this game is um, uh, when you are underwater, there's a bunch of jellyfish swimming around, and then uh, a mushroom is swimming around just like a jellyfish. And if you click on it, you get the mushroom, and that's one of your ingredients, which is very cute. And then when you go into the kitchen, part of your recipe is cutting up all the mushrooms. So if that mushroom was able to... If it was, like, uh, uniquely uh, individually mobile, then maybe you killed it when you cut it up. Yeah, I really like the mushroom, mushroom jellyfish. That really just was pleasing. <laughs> it was a good visual. It made me kind of upset that that's not a real thing, that we don't have mushroom jellyfish living in the world. I wish. You don't know. There's so much in the ocean that we don't know about. We could, like, maybe get James Cameron just deep dive down there and find out if we make him play Matoko-chan. That's a good point. Maybe there's a, a Shiitake Medusa Gigantia out there, six meters long, floating around, saying what's up to submarines. Okay, this is this is a completely unrelated question, but are there funguses in the ocean? I assume there must be. Fungi, I'm sorry. Has anybody I got a marine biology degree? <laughs> <laughs>
I'm not sure. Do do fungi require oxygen? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. There's they're so or, mysterious. Well, not not oxygen, but like you know the other thing, the thing that trees love. Dirt. I mean, your your bad breath. Bad breath is a uh, is a lichen a kind of fungus or is a reef a kind of fungus? I'm betraying a deep ignorance of biology. I don't think a reef is a fungus. But but... There are types of marine fungi. I am reading Wikipedia now and it has so many big words that I'm not truly reading it, but I'm seeing f- pictures and they exist. Okay, good. good. Thank God we learned something on this podcast. Lichen are a symbiotic uh, thing. They're not one species. They're two of them. Uh, they're bacteria and uh, bacteria and fungus working together. No oh. shit. Ah, oh, that's, that's cool. Messed up. I, I think those are actually mangroves. Mangroves, mangroves, are not, <laughs> mangroves are not fungi. They're a kind of tree. But they might interact with because there's a fungus that... Um, that apparently interacts with about 80% of all plants, and it's a symbiotic relationship where they both get something out of it, but I forget what. But yeah, it interacts with their roots, and like 80% of plants, that blew my mind. Anyway. Has anyone ever seen mangroves in real life? Because I've gone on a kayak through the mangroves in Sarasota, Florida, and it was a good time. <laughs> By the way, Stan posted a picture of mangroves, and we said they're mangroves, not fungi. Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is my this this has been the part where we explain it for uh for people who aren't in the discord which is all of you what are you doing get in the discord um yeah okay i think i want to kind of move on to mystery but i don't know maybe i'm wait, jumping wait, wait. the gun what do we got about vanity okay so i want to talk about the island that this game takes place on it's a made-up island called ajinomoshima uh, which means Ajinomo Island. Of course, they named it after the company that makes the mayonnaise because, of course, they did. Um, I just want to give some love to all of the various locations that there are because there are so many different kinds of locations and they all look really, really good. And it's not what you expect from a game that's ostensibly about cooking. Uh, I reviewed one of the Wonderswan cooking games uh, this week, and most of that takes place in a kitchen or on a ship which is full of other kitchens and it's not very interesting uh, to hang out in but this game has such a wide range of locations and the other thing is sort of speculation that the reason this game could actually get away with having so much art and animations and whimsical stuff is because there's so little mechanically in this game that they could probably allow themselves to use some of the storage on the cartridge for alternate art and stuff instead of having to use more of that for code. I really want to know who made this game, but there's no credits anywhere. I mean, it it says it was developed by Ajinomoto as well, so it was made internally. Yeah, and I'm assuming that must be the case, but it seems so odd because it's such a competent video game. The idea that a, a... a mayonnaise company made it is just bizarre. So I'm wondering about the individuals who made it. Like, who composed this strange music? You know, like, that kind of stuff. Maybe there were just, like, a few different people at the Mayo Company that had uh, non-mayonnaise-related skills. Like, there's a programmer, and maybe there's a musician, and they're all hobbyists, and they're like, at last, we can bring our skills to the to the field of mayonnaise. <laughs> Finally, my dream has come true. But otherwise, that's all I had to say for Vanity. Um, by the way, you can shake hands with oven mitts in this game, uh, which should be in every game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you can shake hands with the oven mitts. That was so... Oh, 
I totally misinterpreted that animation. I thought that, uh, like, if you were getting stressed out, you'd go over to the oven mitt and treat it like a stress ball. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That is very sweet. Yeah, just give it a few good squeezes and you feel better about what you're doing with mayonnaise. (laughs) Which is really a sin. Most of the mayonnaise yeah. this is a sin. Give it a few squeezes and then get back to the mayonnaise. <laughs> God damn it. I'm really glad this is turning out to be a pretty dirty podcast. So there is... Okay, this is unrelated to dirtiness. Um, just want to put that in there. Uh, there is a ballerina that... What, where does the ballerina come from? Um, I wrote it down. Where the hell is it? Oh, yeah, there's a flan or a pudding or something in the fridge that you take out and it turns into a ballerina... And then it flies into a painting, and you go into the painting, and there's the ballerina just dancing on uh, on the lake. The music in that reminded me of Paper Mario somehow. Kind of orchestral, but like plucky and just very strange. Uh, that's the thing I wrote down in Vanity. I was disappointed because you can click on like the reeds or whatever in the background the long grass and you can summon a frog and I, I thought maybe if you keep clicking the frog go over and kiss the ballerina and you'll like have like a a frog print situation but that didn't happen which is maybe it would have been more fitting with the theme than like having a puffer fish blow up but I was still more upset that I didn't get violence than romance so maybe that says I'm not the target market for this game <laughs> I'm still not sure who is um, yeah no I think that this game very much is one that stimulates my imagination. I would click on things expecting things to happen, and when they wouldn't, that was okay, because right around the corner is something bizarre. There's a tree where if you click on the leaves at the very top, about seven psychedelic rainbow leaves shoot out towards the bottom of the screen and disappear, and it takes maybe half a second to happen, and you can only do it once. I mean, what the hell? Like, this game is so strange. I I loved it. On the island of Ajinoshima, uh, if you click on one of the large rocks in the background, uh, it it opens up and fireworks shoot out. So I never knew what to expect when I was like clicking around in this game. Exactly, like everything was a surprise. Um, the the moment of jumping into the freezer and ending up in a in a castle in the clouds in the sky was just like, okay, I had I would I had expected this game to be boring. And that was the moment where I'm like, I was completely wrong. <laughs> All right, what else we got for Vanity? I've run out of notes for Vanity, but that's because I ran out of space. Oh, uh, I do have one thing. The one part of this game that was truly agonizing, especially because uh, I didn't bother reading any of it. After you finish a recipe, uh, you get interrupted by that... Uh, old man wearing scuba gear or a few other outfits. And uh, he just either gives an advertisement about how Ajinomoto mayonnaise tastes better than other mayonnaise, according to their surveys, or he goes over the history of mayonnaise. But it's unskippably slow. It is terrifically slow. And I think that's one of the sausage gnomes. I I assumed that was one of the sausage dwarves. No, because you meet all the other sausage dwarves, and they're all sleeping in, uh, sleeping uh, in one giant bed, like we will be for Select Button Con. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot um, about that. Or I didn't actually see that. I didn't get there, so my bad. This dwarf may not have been a sausage, but it definitely had a sausage. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm just saying, that dwarf had a crotch bulge. He did. 
He certainly did. <laughs> he was real rude. That was also, rude. also, he gives you a winner hot dog when you win the game. So weird. <laughs> Here's a hot dog. You can't he eat gives it. You his, he gives you his winner mayo dog. He slathers that dog in mayo and just jams it right through the screen. Oof. Uh, in the lesson about the history of mayo that he gave me, there was a rather pretty map of the Iberian Peninsula. Love it. <laughs> yeah, that was odd. I, the little history of mayonnaise was weird. I didn't know what... The, the, there might have been a pun or something. It was like mahones? Like, it was an H? I think that's what it was originally called. Yeah, yeah that's the, the original name. Of, it. Yeah, that's the original name of uh, mayonnaise. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Was that a French king? Like, is, do we have mayonnaise because some French dude? Pretty much. I mean, we definitely have mayonnaise because of some French dude, but I don't think it was a king or anything. To this day, we're to this day we're still eating some French guy's mayonnaise. God damn it! I'm sorry, I'm the worst one here. Actually, <laughs> this entire time, I have avoided saying anything filthy this entire podcast because mayonnaise is not for uh, impure thoughts. <laughs> and yet, only the penitent man shall receive mayonnaise. <laughs> I think at this point, I have confirmed I'm 100% not a pervert. I think I've been pretty clean so far, and I'm very proud of myself. You've done it, yeah. Between you and Tulpa, that's it. You are the you and Tulpa are the only ones who I think have only uh, made no gross mayonnaise jokes, so good job. I didn't put any uh, mayonnaise in my coffee or whatever the hell Tulpa did, and that's the nastiest thing that's been said so far, so... It was a joke. I didn't actually put mayonnaise in my well, coffee, But please edit this part out so nobody knows if it was a joke or not. Don't lie <laughs> to everyone, Helpa. Don't lie. Live the gimmick. I put mayonnaise in my shire juice, so... Oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's talk about mystery, I think. So, yeah, this game was deeply mysterious. I think we covered a lot of it in Vanity, but what were the most mysterious interactions that you uh, encountered, or, or just really anything else, I suppose? I mean, we already mentioned this, but playing Reversi, what does Reversi have to do with mayonnaise? And why is there a witch in my, uh, under my sink? Yeah, like, what, that was, that was so bizarre. Because it, it it's a decent Reversi AI, um, because quite a few of us lost a lot. I... You know, like, we kind of went over that. So it's clearly got some strategy. I noticed that it was doing the thing that I do, which is try not to give any of the edges or corners away. So it was a pretty good reverse the AI stuck in this mayonnaise game. Really strange. And it was a witch. Oh, man, I bet it was... I bet the AI for reverse was, like, from a programming textbook that one of the mayonnaise employees had. <laughs> yeah, they, they figured out how to program, uh, like, the marketing department, which made this game. Just got one guy who was, like, kind of interested in developing games. And uh, he just, like, looked up how to make uh, Reversi. Or she, or or they. I, I don't know uh, who programmed this, and nobody does. Nobody does. It was someone who probably wasn't very happy with their life, so... Well, they they took it upon themselves to learn how to make uh, Reversi, and uh, then said, well, I'm the only person qualified to make this mayonnaise game. And about them being unhappy with their lives, imagine if you were, like, at a bar talking to someone you just met, and you were like, 
yeah, I developed a Super Nintendo game by myself while I was working at a mayonnaise company. <laughs> Actually, I kind of want that to be my job now. Yeah, seriously. That's pretty good. I had like man I've been doing... Had like... I'm sorry. Go <laughs> <laughs> oh, ahead. I, I feel like I've been doing a variation of that over the last year as I describe my game. So maybe the mayonnaise thing is a little more dignified. So does your business card just say bachelor head mayonnaise developer? <laughs> <laughs> Tulfa, you're out. It does now. You've done it. You've gone dirty. Uh... <laughs> I, I did not say anything dirty. I am not responsible for how anyone interprets my words. <laughs> that's not how this works. Okay. Uh, that's that that's going to be my new intro on my OK Cupid profile. So if it works out, I'll let you know. Would it be a pretty obscure anime joke to say my favorite anime is Wings of Mayonnaise? <laughs> oh, yeah, I get it. I don't, Wait, but that's okay. I get it and I don't even know that much about anime. Hooray. I'm the only one who doesn't get it, still standing proud as not understanding anime. An early Dynax film was called Wings of Honamis. Uh, it, it's very good, except for one scene that has a very major trigger warning on it. Does it involve mayonnaise? No. Um, one of the things I was surprised by, like, I, I mentioned this earlier, but, like, a lot of the pixel art, it does not look like a Super Nintendo game. Like, there's a heavy use of, like, an airbrush thing. Like, it looks more like a, a Western PC game. So I'm assuming this was not made by people who are, like, familiar with making a Super Nintendo game. Or, sorry, sorry, Super Famicom game. It does feel like that. The whole thing it just feels like it was not meant for the Famicom. Like, it's so out of place. Yeah, and the art doesn't feel like... It doesn't feel like Famicom art. I don't know how to... Yeah, it's kind of airbrushed. It's got these big, like, murals of things that... It just looks like a PC game in so many ways. It's strange. The Japanese font looks actually kind of strange relative to other Super Famicom games, where a lot of Super Famicom games would use a bigger font because the it would just help you communicate better. And it almost looks like they're using a Game Boy font for the Japanese in this. It was borderline unreadable. Like It would be like white text on an egg white background with, with just a shadow to indicate like the shape of a letter. Do we think that this potentially could have been Western developed? No, this definitely not at all. No. Okay, just floating that idea because it's got a lot of weird things, including a bad Japanese uh, font. So I wondered if they outsourced it to somebody, but yeah, you probably not. Like Toze or Toze or whatever, maybe they did it. One of the really strange things about this game is when uh, Motojiro, which is the old man uh, who teaches you about mayonnaise, uh, that sounds sort of <laughs> naughty, but... Um, <laughs> I can't do it, this game! Oh my god, okay, go ahead, I'm sorry. There's one of the parts where he's doing sort of like an FAQ corner, and one of the questions is like, why doesn't mayonnaise smell? And I'm not sure of the actual details of the answer because I didn't actually care, but one of the panels uh, in the background shows the Dr. Mario um, viruses as bacteria in mayonnaise. And I thought it was really strange that they just basically stole those character designs out of Dr. Mario. So I'm not sure if maybe uh, oh, yeah, Software that, secretly did this. That was really weird to me. I forgot about that. 
Oh yeah, I noticed that. And then just, for, uh, I didn't take a screenshot in time, unfortunately. So I forgot about it because I only remember this game through screenshots now. Also, I want to believe that witch with, with the little uh, reverse C game, which I totally thought was a notepad on her, her nightstand. I'm going to pretend that is a King's Quest reference because nothing else makes sense. I'm just really stuck on the old man who teaches you about mayonnaise. I can't stop giggling at this. I'm such a child. Um, the Dr. Mario thing was weird. <laughs> uh, oh, did anybody notice that if you open the, the second to bottom drawer on the fridge that it plays different music in the kitchen? No. That was weird. Just music coming out of the refrigerator. It was amazing. Oh, yeah, there's the Dr. Mario viruses. How strange. In front of vinegar. In front of vinegar. It's the old man teaching you why his mayonnaise doesn't smell. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that was weird. There was there were a bunch of... I wrote this down in mystery because you're in the circus and you click on a door and a bunch of kiwis come out, like kiwi birds. And I was like, why are there kiwis here? And then one of them turned into a kiwi, a kiwi fruit. And I was like, oh, never mind. That's not a mystery. That makes perfect pun sense. So uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the few transformations that just makes perfect sense. Okay, so there was one point where they put mayonnaise on a single, what appeared to be a single leaf of lettuce in the letter N, which I'm assuming was just to get the mayonnaise distributed nicely. Who the fuck is eating lettuce mayonnaise? Oh, that no, was no, no, a no, taste no. test. Yeah. What? It's like Pepsi Challenge, but for mayonnaise. So I was going to do this in poetry. I was going to explain like everything that the old man teaches you about mayonnaise. Um... And the last question in the FAQ corner is from Motoko-chan herself, which is, why is Ajinomoto mayonnaise so much more delicious than competing mayonnaise? Uh, and afterwards, like, he encourages players to hold their own Pepsi challenge, uh, comparing Ajinomoto mayonnaise to any other competitor. And that is basically what that screenshot is, is they're like, well, just put it on lettuce and then eat both of them, and you'll see that the Ajinomoto one is much better. And apparently two-thirds of the people in their poll actually prefer Ajinomoto mayonnaise to any competitor. With lettuce. I mean, to be fair... I think it's cabbage, not lettuce, but yeah. To be fair, Clint, you eat mayonnaise off of a knife. Just a little bit? Come on. Don't give me that. <laughs> At this point, I don't know if I'm going to be able to eat mayonnaise for a while, actually. <laughs> Now I'm upset that we didn't notice in advance because we could have had like an on-air, because this is going out live, right? An on-air taste test. We could have been doing it. Yeah, we could have ordered some Ajinomoto. <laughs> I would have quit. No way. No thank you. <laughs> I'm mailing you some mayonnaise and you gotta taste no. it. You no. Oh god. If you mail it, what's gonna happen to it? Just lobs of mayonnaise in a bubble mailer. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> God, it's a good thing I'm not like the McElroys where I have my own P.O. box that everyone who listens to the show knows about. Because if I were, I would be getting, I would just open my P.O. box and mayonnaise just unpackaged would just stream out onto me. It wouldn't we, stream, it would sort of just gelatinously be there. <laughs> it would just come out as one solid gelatinous cube. Oh. Insert mayonnaise gun joke? Mayonnaise gun. 
It's not dirty because it's a weapon. We should start our own loot box service where every month we send people items that relate to the games that we play. And people for this month will get a free mayonnaise thing in the mail. We should just start a loot box where we fill it with mayonnaise and send it out every month. Okay. Oh, God. That's called subscribing to mayonnaise on Amazon. That That's ripe for abuse. You, you really have to trust every single person involved. You never know what they might do. Seriously. Hey, if you went to someone's house and they had a button, like one of those Amazon dash buttons that ordered mayo every time you pressed it, and you were just at your friend's house and you saw that, would you press it? I would press it. Absolutely. I would be pressing it over and over like I was playing a, a Famicom shoot-em-up. You, you just could totally Takahashi Majin. Master Higgins, just mashing it. Wait, are we talking about pushing someone's mail button now? <laughs> okay, okay. Stop with the dirty references. I don't understand any of them. I'm sorry. Wait, how... Are you, are you pure? Some have said I've been pure. I just really... I just have this image in my head now, because when you said mayonnaise button, I was thinking of... Like a soft serve style thing that dispensed mayonnaise into an ice cream cone. Oh, a froyo place, but instead of uh, it would be a fro mayo place. <laughs> yeah, frozen mayonnaise. I would like to uh, formally apologize to my own mother <laughs> <laughs> again. Hi, couriers, mom. <laughs> oh no, I'm really glad I didn't make all those prostate jokes now. Hi, couriers, mom. <laughs> Fuck. Why is this the career I'm pursuing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, we've ruined your career. Okay. <laughs> do we do we want to move on to something a little more pure? Do we want to do some salary, well, man? Are we, are we still on vanity? We're on mystery. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Got any mysteries for us? Uh... No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we, they covered everything that I wanted to talk about. I mean... I have a mystery. Why are we still on this category? Yep. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's do some Salary Man Corner. Dun, 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 dun. Salary Man Corner! Perfect. <laughs> Can we get a remix, Tulpa? <laughs> Um, I still haven't done the Lord of the Rings remix. That's okay. Every time, we gotta come up with a Vaporwave connection sometime, because I really need to play that song again. Anyway, this week for Salary Man Corner, we're playing a game called Battle Jockey. And uh, at the time that I wrote my notes, I said, I hadn't played this at the time of writing the script, so in my mind, it's still a game about smashing horses together until they explode. And shockingly, it's pretty damn close. So we, we played like five to ten minutes of this game. What were first impressions of Battle Jockey? I would really, really, really like to read uh, the attract mode. When you leave it going, it uh, gives you the, the history of humans and horses. Do you guys mind if I read it? Please go ahead. Please. Since the start of history of human, we have deep friendship with horse for a long, long time. Also in the world of myth, we regard horse as God, or a carrier of happiness, or others. If there happened war, 
They fought together brave and ran faster than wind. They help us grateful when we must break frontier or when we want to attempt agriculture. This strong relationship between human and horse is still stable now and carries on forever. It's still stable now. Ooh, nice. That really got me emotional watching that. Like, I was stunned by how good it was. And it really helps you see the sprites are gorgeous. Also, this game is straight up amazing. Like, this is probably the one time where I want to revisit uh, a Salaryman Corner game, uh, like, for a longer amount of time. Yeah, if this has, like, an actual full-on sort of campaign in in the way that, uh, like... Mario Kart does, then I would be totally cool with trying to actually beat this game because it's very good and I'm. It's very weird that it ended up in Salaryman Corner. This game is mostly about horse drifting. Oh yeah, it's it's your your horses drift. They got they got like grease on their hooves, maybe mayonnaise. There's they move so cartoonishly. It's great. Like, uh, if uh, I just want to say real quick that the first time I played it they didn't give me any control explanation and so i didn't know that uh it works like other over the head racing games where you can see the whole track on one screen except that's not what's happening here but it's mechanically similar uh that left turns the horse to the horse's left right turns the horse to the horse's right um and you don't want to be pointing in any direction when you're just going forward. So I was just constantly trying to go in a direction, and so my horse kept just circling around, hitting the back of the screen, and getting caught on the back of the screen, which is a thing that happens here. So my horse kept stumbling over, uh, barreling, somersaulting forward with me as we kept just like running into the visual limitations. Yeah, it it's a bit it's got a bit of micro machines going on cuz you hit the back of the screen and instead of like that being the way that you make or lose points, uh you lose a bunch of uh stamina for your horse. So, it is a, it's a horse racing game. It's the first like horse game we've played where you actually race the horses yourself. It's not so much a a salaryman corner game. It got lumped in with them because I think the person who made my list just assumed it was. Well, um, it also does have just a regular horse gambling modes where you bet on horses and you don't actually control them yourself. Yeah, that's the one I went to first because I'm, I'm a real high roller. And I saw that yen coin sign and I just had to go for it. I went to the battle mode, uh, which is like multiplayer, but I put a bunch of CPUs in uh, and did that just to get an idea of what was going to go on in that game. And yeah, it, it it was really neat. It had gorgeous sprites. Um, you could hit a button and your horse would shoot forward like a missile head first. I, I tried to hit another horse like that and it didn't work. I didn't ever do it. Oh, um, I was able to do that. I was able to hit a horse with my horse and it made the other horse stumble. Perfect. And like a, and like a cart racer, it has like a whole bunch of like uh, pickups uh, scattered around the track so that like uh, you get like bonus money or uh, recovered stamina or whatever. You and, can pick up items that actually give uh, random weather effects to your opponents and slows them down, so that's really cool. It's really like the Mario Kart of horse racers. There's definitely, yeah, when you said, or whatever, one of the whatevers is a baby demon that pours what appears to be milk on one of your opponent horses. 
What if it's mayonnaise? It's, it's mayonnaise. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, uh, I just, like, I want to say real quick that I, speaking of the stumbling on other horses, I don't know if I, like, incorrectly parsed what was going on in the visuals, but at one point, I appeared to be in a, like, I got tumbled together with another horse, and we were rolling together in the same wheel, but uh, I may have had that wrong, but it looked like that, and, I, and it looked like it stayed that way for a while. Amazing. So yeah, just like in real life. Just like in real life horse racing. Exactly. <laughs> just like in real life. Big horse so, Katamari. So this is definitely like the first time where the Salaryman Corner game is 1,000 times more like a video game than the main game we actually played. Yeah, this is in reverse of every other podcast we've done. There's a lot more interaction in Battle Jockey than there is in Matoko-chan, so... <laughs> This will never happen again. No, this is this will never happen again. Savor this moment, listener. You are witnessing a miracle. Did anyone get to the upper right corner where on the map? Because there's a factory, and the only and it's got all this these smokestacks. And I don't know why you would have that area on the map, except I have to think it might be a glue factory. It's definitely oh, a glue factory. Oh, no, I uh, I'm expecting it to be the final stage where you race against um, machine horses. Robo horse. <laughs> okay. I think, you know, honestly, I would do a whole episode on this game. Um, so maybe we will. Maybe that'll be our special episode 100 is Battle Jockey in 2024 or something. <laughs> we'll come back and we'll press start and fight with you. Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> There's a horse on the title screen popping out of the background that says, press start and fight with me. Like, holy shit. And, and the imp- yeah, and the important thing is the press, it's in English, and the press start is in, like, quotation marks, so it kind of reads like a 70s Jack Kirby comic where there's absolutely no reason for those quotation marks, but just really enhances, like, the antagonistic nature of this fucking horse that looks nothing like anything else in the game. Like, it's really, like, you know, angular and not cutesy in the least. It's really good. Oh, that horse also has fucking anime hair. It's got, like, really spiky orange hair. It's totally Super Saiyan. <laughs> it is. It's incredible. <laughs> okay, so that was uh, Salaryman Corner. That is definitely... Wait. Oh, wait. Hold on. Sorry. I have one very important thought to leave this on. I uh, found, uh, as we were talking on Google, I found a thread from horseforum.com. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of all names for a horse forum to have <laughs> okay so the thread title is can you give a horse mayonnaise for weight gain the answer is of course yes feed your horse mayonnaise it's good <laughs> i'm now, looking we- for a good answer here uh someone named paint horse mares said <laughs> no don't do that <laughs> it certainly has a lot of fat, but it also has a lot of sugar, not to mention all the preservatives and stuff. I would stay away from it. You know, I I know that the the thing is that if you give a uh, if you give a horse peanut butter, then it makes it look like they're talking. If you give a horse mayonnaise, what happens? I don't mm, I think it throws up. Can horses vomit? You have a real rude version of Mr. Ed. That's what happens. <laughs> Fuck gross i found a translation of this game it's only translated one word though which is a password screen and it when you get it wrong it says incorrect with like a whole bunch of exclamation points four to be exact (laughs) okay so the first the first race i did the the second race i did i got first place but the first race i did 
I failed flat out, and so it gave me the screen with a bunch of Japanese I couldn't read. And at the bottom, it just showed in big red English letters, regret. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got the regret screen as well, though I ended up in fourth place. I think any place before first just gives you regret. Oh, I didn't get regret, but I, I think I because I did the versus mode, it just kept going. Okay, I think let's let's get back to Motoko-chan because we could probably talk about this game for a solid hour. It's got a lot of weird shit going on, so <laughs> um, yeah, we got to be careful because Battle Ducky has enough of its own that we would have two podcasts squeezed into one episode. Yeah, exactly. I'm genuinely kind of wanting to do this as its own thing, like really explore this game. So maybe we will, like a few episodes from now, I'll just be like, editorial decision is Battle Jockey. Um, okay, but let's let's move on. Let's go back to Motoko-chan, get in that mayonnaise mindset, uh, and let's talk about poetry. Which might be a little bit difficult for me, because it's in Japanese, but I'm assuming uh, Sakarina might have a few things to say about this game. But what do we have for poetry? What was poetic in this game? Well, before Sakarina chimes in as the only Japanese speaker here, we remember that uh, we are allowed to mention visual and mechanical poetry as well. I know, and like, I got so much into vanity and mystery that I ran out for poetry. Like, the, the things that really stuck with me we've already talked about, like the idea of a cabbage cannon, loved that. Um, I loved the scuba mayonnaise dwarf with a crotch bulge, you know, <laughs> the flan queen, and Glover came up even. That was all my poetry. <laughs> I think uh, Sink Grandma, the grandma who lives under the sink and is also a witch, uh, is a figure of death in that she plays reverse C, and as you play with her, she merely continuously cuts off your opportunities before fully spreading out and taking over, and, you know, as such, functions as a metaphor for growing old and dying. Just like my real grandma. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> grandma, Sorry, please! Dad. Your grandma lives under the sink? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, sink grandma was pretty amazing. Yeah, that was... And she was a witch, too. And she never woke up except to play reversey. Which is... I mean, it's just sort of dark. Like, the idea of somebody sleeping until you're like, you want to play some reversey? And she's like, oh, I was having a terrible dream, but I'll wake up for this. And then you beat her, or, you, or she wins. She's like, good night. It's so strange. She's a Dark Souls character. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, don't, don't forget to put a quarter in the Dark Souls jar. Clink. <laughs> I think this is both a mystery and poetry thing, but there are two items you collect that don't do let you leave the string that you find them on. Uh, which is the witch's broom, uh, which for some reason fits under the sink, uh, and the genie's lamp. Neither of them are used for anything. Yeah, why do those have the same function? I'm so confused by that. They don't quite. The witch's broom takes you back one screen, and the genie takes you all the way back to the kitchen. Um, you don't notice that, though, because when you get the witch's broom and you're forced to use it, um, it there's only one screen to go back to, and it's the kitchen. But I tried it in the tree, 
uh, when you go into the tree to uh, to get there's a lava and there's a lamp there, um, and it took me back to the tree when I used it. Then when I used a genie lamp, it did that weird psychedelic animation and took me back all the way to the kitchen. So I think that's the difference in function. Oh, so this is actually a gun thing. That's mechanically how you can like keep exploring a strain after you accidentally clicked on the part of the strain that makes you progress. Yeah, I could have clicked so many more fish. It's funny because I started like I felt like I was missing things a lot in these screens, and I think I did miss a bunch in the cloud castle. I didn't have the broom or the genie back then uh, when I did that. But yeah, I didn't actually think about that. You could actually go back and, and explore everything. I don't think you can get to the cloud castle a second time, though, because the freezer interaction stopped once I made that recipe, which was weird. You have to go back in 100% Motoko-chan No Wonder Kitchen. <laughs> yep, exactly. And if you do it uh, in under an hour, then you can see the penguin naked. The penguin's already naked. If you if you 100% it, then it unlocks the cheat code for Matoko Chantui. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Shit. Uh, but yeah, so that was that was pretty much it for me for poetry. What else? What else we got? I think that in Motojiro's explanations about mayonnaise, there is far too much of an emphasis on the chemical composition of mayonnaise, <laughs> and. If you're considering that the target audience for this game is supposed to be children, I don't think children are very excited by hearing about how oil and vinegar and eggs interact to create mayonnaise uh, or how it impacts bacteria. And that's why mayo doesn't smell like I don't think those are questions that children are necessarily curious about with regards to mayonnaise. They're just like. I oh, was God. that was something I was way excited about in middle school science classes was like, oh, I can mix oil and water using these other chemicals to like uh, uh, form like some kind of colloid. Yeah, but in middle school, you're wanting to play Final Fantasy, not Matoko Chen. Uh, maybe you want to play Final <laughs> Fantasy, but I just want to play Matoko Chen. Uh, no Wonder Kitchen. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, I, d I do want to say, though, that I would have been way more interested in the whole bacteria thing if if it had um, Dr. Mario viruses involved. Yeah, if, if you could include Dr. Mario viruses in any sort of education about bacteria, I'm going to be happy about it. It really does come back to that question, though, of who the hell was this game for? Like, it's just... Like, were, were adults in Japan who loved mayonnaise very childlike? Was that what their marketing said? Like, they have a childlike wonder? It, it was for you, Clint. Oh, good. <laughs> I know it. Finally, the target audience is me. The I person mean, who takes swigs of mayonnaise straight from the bottle. <laughs> yeah, I just dump it in my mouth. <laughs> just sitting in the tavern, drunk off his ass on mayonnaise, <laughs> swinging it back. <laughs> okay. This is probably the grossest thing I've said yet. But I definitely gargle mayonnaise after I brush my teeth. Oh, okay. Wait. Uh, wait. Uh, Are you uh, serious? No, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> mayonnaise is okay. It, like, I, I may have exaggerated my love of mayonnaise <laughs> because now I'm thinking about genuinely putting entire spoonfuls of mayonnaise in my mouth, and it's gross. But yeah, I, I once again like to apologize to my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Sakarina. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think the market segment they were going for with this game, well, I guess it's not really a market segment because they weren't selling the game, but the audience for this game is really more housewives than children because 
if you sort of look into the ideal Japanese family of that time, the atomic Japanese family, uh, the dad is always at work, so he can't play video games. Uh, the child is probably playing like Dragon Quest V or something that is really good. And then the mom basically, unless she's already a gamer, has no use for the Super Famicom thing that's sitting in the living room. So if we give them a game, which is about mayonnaise, they can learn how to cook and use mayonnaise more effectively to enhance the lives of everybody in the family. Uh, that's sort of like if I put myself in the mindset of that era, well, to be honest, it hasn't really evolved that much in Japan since then. Uh that's sort of the best explanation I can come up with for this game, but it feels a little bit too childlike for that. I don't know. Maybe the intention was to get the kid to play it, and then the mom's like, oh, what's this mayonnaise game? Oh, I'm learning. Yeah, but the kid would never play this game. Yeah, exactly, because they've got better Wait, things to do. I don't it's, know about that. Kids are desperate sometimes. This yeah, is a game that would be fun for a kid. I mean, this is just like those baby's first adventure games that we talked about that we all played. It was fun for us. And, like, I, I don't know how well you remember uh, childhood, but, like, if you didn't have a lot of video games as a child, you played whatever you had to it's completion true. multiple times. Hey, that, I, I played mean, like, the shit out of Chex Quest, and this is not that different. Chex Quest is literally one of the best, like, Doom clones out there, though. That's true. Yeah, like, yeah, that that's just actually Doom, but, I mean... Several of us probably played Sim Ant, and if anything, that is the greatest piece of evidence. <laughs> That's true. Fair I enough. love Sim Ant. <laughs> I played Sim Earth as a child. I tried to, but I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. I do remember getting dinosaurs, and then I think they died. I eventually got like some kind of uh, continual system where uh, a species would evolve to sentience, then anni annihilate themselves in a nuclear war. Uh, and then the survivors would leave the planet as a conservatory for uh, whatever species remain in the nuclear wasteland. And then those species would evolve to sentience and repeat the cycle. Holy shit. That's incredible. I do remember um, that being the goal, and I never got there. Do you guys think that uh, there could ever be DLC for Sim Ant where your ants get to go into the Motoko-chan Wonder Kitchen? I think that's highly likely. How did you manage to loop those back together? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's actually really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> New recipe in Motoko Chan No Wonder Kitchen mayonnaise ants. Mm, <laughs> crunchy! <laughs> you take some ants and fry them up in some oil, stir them around with a chopsticks, and then put them on a plate and cover them in mayonnaise. And then add another dollop of mayonnaise just <laughs> for good luck. <laughs> yeah, the weird thing is that the grossest part of that recipe to me is the mayo, not the ants. I've eaten ants before, for sure, so it's fine. I'm pretty sure I've been to a place in Japan that actually sells that. You're... Okay, I'm gonna assume that's not true. <laughs> I'm, not I'm gonna true. assume it is true. We live in the in the, the world between truth and unreality. Um, what, what other poetry do we have for Motoko-chan No Wonder Kitchen? Oh, this was a poetry segment. That's right. Um, we've got some real poetic shit out of this so far. So yeah, it's been good. This is this is one of the best games we've played on this. It, it's fucking. It's blown my mind. Like I was actually not even looking forward to this game, and like I started playing it, and five minutes in, I'm like, I'm. This is it. This is the game. <laughs> this is great. 
Well, clearly everyone that voted was looking forward to this because this got the, a very large majority of the votes. I don't think anybody knew what was going to happen, though. I think people were like, haha, mayonnaise. Well, for me, as soon as I saw a screenshot of this game, I was on board instantly. Just like the look of it is so good that I just voted for it right straight off the bat. You know, we did not, we failed to talk about the fact that the the pictures of the food at the end are really good looking. Like, that's actually, I think, what sold a lot of people, because I put uh, a picture of food on there, and uh, and people loved it. So they're they're really nice. Yeah, this really anticipated, like, uh, the Yakuza games and, uh, uh, what's it called? Instagram. Uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen, Or that, too. Uh, and that it's all about getting that, like, one shot of food porn. It is very food porn-ish. And it reminds me, it does remind me of, like, Instagram shots of food. Like, it's very laid out, very detailed. Um, one of the foods you make, we didn't really talk about the recipes too much. Well, we talked about the tomato filled with mayonnaise and other things, which was weird. You, th- Both of the recipes I did involved taking a fruit, cutting it in half, scooping out the contents, and filling it with other stuff, which is odd. And one of those is a tomato, one of those is a pineapple in which you make a fruit salad involving kiwi and then chunks of pineapple and some apples and mandarin oranges. Then you stick it back in the hollowed out pineapple, which is weird. And then there's a mayonnaise omelet, which I didn't make, and I didn't get a screenshot of, unfortunately. And so, Tolpa, you said in chat, pineapple salad, which I think is just ambrosia salad. I think that's about right. I want to say that the ambrosia salad that I've seen might have used something more akin to fluffernutter, but maybe you just put sugar and mayonnaise, which is gross. I googled around for it. A lot of a lot of ambrosia salads call for mayonnaise, and that kind of horrifies me. I mean, I think just the concept of ambrosia salad horrifies me. Yeah, ambrosia salad is gross. It's not good. And I love mayonnaise. I'm just straight up not American enough to have ever like eaten it i've just like heard of and was horrified i'm so american i've never eaten a salad so (laughs) yeah this isn't a salad it has fucking marshmallows in it oh but i do want while we're still in uh in uh poetry to get all of the secret details uh from sakurina about what other stuff uh, was said in japanese in this game yeah any points of interest We've pretty much been through all of it, really. It's not that exciting. It's just like, where did mayonnaise come from? It came from Mahon in Spain, and the French people pronounced this wrong, so it became mayonnaise. Uh, what is mayo made from? It's made from oil, vinegar, and eggs. And then there was a complicated chemical thing that they were explaining that I didn't actually bother to pay attention to because I didn't think we were going to talk about it. Uh and the same thing for why doesn't mayo smell like it's some kind of chemical explanation. And I don't necessarily know all the words that are relevant uh, for that. And then why is Ajinomoto mayonnaise so delicious? Because it's Ajinomoto bitch. Uh, that's the answer. Uh, <laughs> you can eat it on a cabbage. Yeah, that's, yeah that's the third one, right? Where they say to try it against their competitors, which is basically just encouraging you to buy more mayonnaise, both from them and from their competitors, which I'm sure is great for the mayonnaise industry. Um, but yeah, like we've pretty much been through all of it. He doesn't say that much. Uh, I kind of like that the guy really speaks like an old person does in old uh, in anime. Uh, he has like all the same same turns of phrase and everything. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. There isn't that much 
story does, to it. Does he use washi? Yeah. Yes! I know a Japanese thing! Oh, uh... So, all of those uh, recipes that Motoko-chan would give after, like, uh, you made something, those were just mayonnaise recipes, right? Like, you're not supposed to put curry sauce uh, into, like, an actual curry dish. You're supposed to just, like, use curry-flavored mayonnaise in some other context. Yeah, like, I love eating french fries with curry-flavored mayonnaise. Like, that's dope. Uh, but replace, it's basically... Replace all, in, all ingredients with types of mayonnaise. <laughs> basically. I put uh, mayonnaise in muffins. Well, yeah, you can actually do that, but... I know you can. <laughs> My mom used to replace everything with either uh, applesauce or mayonnaise. Which is weird. Oh, there is an actual, there is an actual like mayonnaise sauce that I like to make sometimes. So this will be my bit of poetry, uh, where I tell people to go look up how to make remoulade sauce and uh, eat that because it's real good. It, it goes great with like uh, fried chicken and stuff. How do you spell that? R e m o u l a d e. All right. Now that we've got some some good food tips, I think let's move on to our final topic which is Harmony. How did this game come together harmoniously? Did it come together like an emulsion of eggs and oil and other spices? Or was it more like homemade mayonnaise, which only lasts three to four days? This came together like an emotion of egg and whatever the other things you said were. (laughs) I think that if this game were truly harmonious with the real spirit of mayonnaise, I would hate it. But I actually love this game, so something is off here. I feel like this game is uh, uh, in harmony with the true spirit of mayonnaise, but not the actual like physical body of mayonnaise, which is kind of off-putting. <laughs> I do want to go over some of this. Um, I'm reading about how mayonnaise is made. And, and homemade mayonnaise is... Just genuinely, it's lemon juice or vinegar with egg yolks and oil. Um, And you put it in a blender and you make it all emulsified. Great. Um, It's probably better than the stuff that you find in a store. Um, But yeah, it says it only lasts three to four days. You could get salmonella, so that could be bad. Um, But commercial mayonnaise, which will last up to six months in the refrigerator, contained, by U.S. law, at least 65% oil by weight. The standard of identity law also requires that all commercial real mayonnaise use only egg as an emulsifier, right? Okay, so that all sounds right. This is where it gets gross. Reduced fat mayonnaise, which isn't considered real mayonnaise, usually contains modified food starch, cellulose gel, and other thickeners and emulsifiers. So your 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 low-fat mayonnaise probably has horse hooves in it, so that's fun. And it lasts six months. How do you make something that has raw eggs in it last six months? That's weird. They're pasteurized. So so pasteurize mayonnaise? (laughs) Well yes, so you don't get sick from it, obviously. But I thought you only did that with with dairy products. I guess you well, I guess I was wrong. No, you can pasteurize eggs, like like, uh, if you buy egg beaters ever, which I do for mixing drinks because I don't want to get salmonella. uh, those are pasteurized. Hmm. Okay, Who, fair enough. Who's gonna, who's gonna explain to Clint that chickens are actually made of milk? <laughs> milk chicken terrorizing the countryside. Sploosh. Uh, <laughs> no, I thought this game came together really well as as a game, 
and also as an advertisement for mayonnaise, if you could understand Japanese, um, and just generally food porn. It set out to do all sorts of things, and it did all of them really well, plus a reversey game. Like, I was not expecting any of this from this game. I was expecting Cooking Mama Light, and it would last 40 minutes, and it would be boring, and that's not what I got at all. I got something that was really just just pretty cool. What I learned is that any cooking disaster can be made harmonious again if you only add Ajinomoto mayonnaise. Please sponsor us. Yeah, we need a sponsor, and I think this is a good... What, do you think you could put Cheetos in mayonnaise? Stop. You can. Don't. It's time for... Don't. Don't. It's time for our aspartame corner, corner, corner. <laughs> <laughs> it won't give you cancer, cancer, cancer. Probably, you actually. Know, <laughs> uh, if we got sponsored by a mayonnaise company, I think I would ethically have to quit the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd want to get sponsored by a mayonnaise company anyway, because I just couldn't keep it together. I would just be making gross mayonnaise jokes. They wouldn't want that. The yeah, listenership I, would probably go through the roof, though. Oh, there's actually... Uh, sorry, I, I pulled out my copy of La Russe Gastronomique, uh to uh, look up mayonnaise. Apparently, this game only gave one of the possible etymologies for mayonnaise. It is not necessarily named after the port of Mahon. It may also be named after the city of Bayonne. Uh, there's like two other etymologies in here. Please tell me it's New Jersey Bayonne. No, it's not Bayonne, New Jersey. It's <laughs> Bayonne, France. It's still French. Sorry, I, I just got excited because... Uh, I looked it up in my food encyclopedia. Oh, what if, like, this game's history of mayonnaise is, like, revisionist history from the Akimoto company? Akimoto? Or what's the company called? Ajinomoto. Ajinomoto. Never mind. Uh, but what if it's revisionary history from the mayonnaise company, is what I'm sort of trying to say here. Mayonnaise is a Japanese invention. The end. That's how it goes, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so, okay. I don't know what else to say about this game harmoniously. Well, I, I actually found it a very soothing and reassuring video game. Not to talk about myself too much, but, like, I'm making a game like this. And I have, like, little moments of insecurity where I think, like, is it really that fun to just click on stuff and see things happen, even if it doesn't actually, like, and I hate this term, if, like, if that's not gameplay? But this was. This was, like, a nice soothing thing where, like, you know, I clicked on the fridge and then the penguin on the sink did a little dance and then he pooped out a note and I read the note and it taught me how to make something. And it was lovely. I loved it. I did. I, I, this is probably the game that I have liked the most out of all of the games we've played. Like, I don't have any criticisms of it other than I wish it, I genuinely just wish it wasn't sponsored by a mayonnaise company. I feel like slightly uncomfortable with that. I really like Bachelor's little uh, testimony there, and I think that that might be the, the the key thing about this, is that rather than bringing a harmony into itself, it brings a harmony into our own lives. It does! I felt really good playing this game. I had just stopped working, and I had a huge problem at work that is going to make one of my projects late, and I, w and I was like, I don't want to fucking play this mayonnaise game. And then I started it up, and I was just like, oh, I do want to play this mayonnaise game. I feel good. <laughs> it, it also helps that, you know, you're playing this... Uh, you're not that familiar with the mayonnaise, I assume. Like, this isn't an ad to you. Like, there's several degrees of separation between... You know, it's 20-plus years later. 
you know, you can pretend this isn't an ad. Like, I can't read any of that text. This is just some weird shit to me, you know? So that helps a bit. That's true. If I wanted to buy this brand of mayonnaise right now, I don't know if I even could. I could go to, like, the Asian deli across the street and find it there. So uh, I'm probably going to do that because this ad worked on me. <laughs> I could... <laughs> I could go to, uh, I guess Iwanjamaya might have it. Yeah, there's a Japanese, couple of Japanese grocery stores around here. Uh, I could also buy it on Amazon uh, for $37 for 400 grams of mayonnaise. And it wouldn't. What? <laughs> and it would take three weeks to arrive. It, it, it's time. I bet we could get an endorsement from like Mitsua or like H Mart, you know, so, some Asian grocer. That's what you want. That's the angle you want. Where you go to get your Pocky and your Nori and your your uh, whatever is that Precure Curry. You get your, that shit there. Where you go to get your Natto. Yes, if you're real rude. That is, 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 is Natto like Japan's mayonnaise? Like, do they, like, that's what it seems like to mayonnaise me. Mayonnaise is Japan's mayonnaise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Japan seen, loves its mayonnaise. Yeah, they love it. But here we have some sort of divide. It seems like I don't know if I'm not that familiar, despite being the uh, official honorary founder of an anime club. I am not that familiar with Japanese culture and their reaction to mayonnaise, their opinion of it. But I do know enough that natto is a controversial dish over there. Oh, I see what you mean. Is it their mayonnaise because some people love it and some people absolutely despise oh. it? Mayonnaise is so integral to so many dishes that are part of Japanese cuisine these days that I think most people are on board with Japanese mayonnaise. I don't know if they would be on board with necessarily like Hellman's mayonnaise or Miracle Whip or any of that stuff. But at least for their own mayonnaise, they're on board with it. Natto is very different because it is a very... I guess it's sort of the equivalent of like, what, hmm, maybe like curry here, like something with a very specific odor that isn't very pleasing. And therefore, that is what is the polarizing aspect of the dish more than anything else. Mm, so it's not like a texture thing necessarily, like mayonnaise seems to come down to. For most people who don't like it, it's a texture thing. Oh, natto is definitely a texture thing for a lot of people. It looks slimy. It's like, uh, I, I, I have the guts to eat it, but I remember my sister, and I apologize for getting so gross here, but she said it was like eating a big bowl of snot. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I actually quite like the taste of natto. Like, uh, like I, whenever I go to the Asian grocery store around here, I always pick up a couple of uh, boxes of it. Also, she did like the natto, so maybe my sister's a real sicky like Tulpa. <laughs> I just really want to... Okay, so I told you that I could buy 400 grams for about 37 bucks, and it would take three weeks to arrive. You could also go on Amazon and get a fucking kilo of Ajinomoto mayonnaise, and it also costs 37 bucks and would arrive in about a week. So apparently that's much more readily available to uh, the U.S. plebes who want it. Um, the mention of Hellman's just uh, delved up a, a memory for me. Uh, apparently... So my girlfriend told me this story about how she used to ride horses when she was a kid. And at the same um, stable or whatever as her, she used to ride horses with the scions of the Hellman's family. And um, she said that uh, it was two daughters and they were both very, very nice. They had a lot of money and they had really fancy horses. And uh, she told me that their, their horses had the smoothest most well-maintained luscious coats and uh 
pretty sure it's because of all the mayonnaise they were feeding the horses. I was going to say, did we just get a genuine mayonnaise horse connection here? Like, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, I'm not making this up. Like, this is a real thing that she told me about. And, uh, yeah, I like to imagine that they fed the horses mayo and perhaps maybe they coated their their coats in mayo to condition them. You know, so, I mean, it's Hellman's. They've got mayo. So <laughs> does every subsequent episode of this podcast uh, contain a mayonnaise horse connection? I hope I so. Hope mayonnaise so. horse connection. 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 I really liked that echo, by the way. <laughs> that was good. I'm, I, yeah, okay, Stan and I are thinking the same... Well, sorry, Bachelor and I are thinking the same thing. Was What other uses are there for mayonnaise? And uh, you could exfoliate your skin, strengthen your fingernails by coating them in mayo, get rid of lice, soothe sunburns. What the fuck? Who's putting mayonnaise on their sunburns? Well, my mayonnaise is the miracle compound. My mom recently was threatening to put mayonnaise in my hair. I will not explain for what reason. But <laughs> did, did, did you have gum stuck in your hair? It it was it was because I did the Lord of the Rings cast. Hi, Carrie's mom. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. You what could... did she think of that episode? She hasn't listened to it. She's so behind. I'm gonna get all mad with her because. You know, my entire life is just my mom and being validated by her. Hold on. I, I'm still looking up mayonnaise in my encyclopedia. Uh, apparently there's something called musketeer sauce, and I really want to know what that is. Oh, man. You can't combine sauce with a title for a person. That's gross. <laughs> I want my DMV employee sauce. Um, One of the tips on this article is shine your plants. Those leaves are looking a little drab, aren't they? Shine them up by using a dry rag with a dab of mayo on it. No way. That's made up. That's bull. Life hack. <laughs> Losing my shit here. <laughs> I haven't read this how to grow hair with mayonnaise piece yet, but I'm going to believe it works, and I know tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to look like fucking Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, just just apply some mayo mixed with a teaspoon of olive oil to your skin. Then rinse. You can Maybe, make a mayo uh, mask. Well, this just ties it back together to our joke about Snow White's cousin, Ed White, keeping her uh, skin so shiny and oily by uh, covering in mayonnaise. Yep. <laughs> you can use mayonnaise as a as to get rid of squeaky joints or doors. <laughs> just like man mayo lube. Oh, God. I hate this. <laughs> this is oh. the most fucked up podcast we've ever done. No, it's not. We have not mentioned uh, the nub yet. <laughs> That's true. Oh, God, don't talk about the nub. I think it's time to move on to our secret category. Thank you. Thank you, because I'm just going to keep looking up gross mayonnaise shit, and I hope you have a good secret category, because I don't. I'm I'm totally making it up on the spot, but... It uh, We touched earlier on the idea of a cement slash Motoko Chan No Wonder Kitchen crossover. Obviously, the best of all crossovers ever since Marvel vs. Capcom. Um, but beside that, what game would be improved by an Ajinomoto mayonnaise tie-in? Sim Earth. 
You gotta raise your creatures on mayonnaise, develop a sentient mayonnaise that will take over the earth and annihilate each other with nuclear mayonnaise weapons. I'm thinking maybe put a little mayonnaise power up into the new Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, Sorry. I've got it. Dude, Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> See, I was gonna say Love Plus, but I think you outdid me. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Give me that flood of mayonnaise. <laughs> Fuck. I was going to go with Monster Hunter 4 because uh, it's very strange, but like one of the memes that came out of Monster Hunter 4 when it first came out on 3DS is that one of the maps just looks like the texture for the ground is so horrible that it looks like Okonomiyaki, and you top Okonomiyaki with lots of mayonnaise. So why not just give a mayonnaise gun or whatever to your character so you can just do it? That's good. I like that. It also would fit in really well with all of the food that uh, characters make in those games. Oh, I've got it. Keep talking and nobody explodes. So uh, all of the mayonnaise recipes would be stored in the bomb manual. uh, And you have to just make like uh, mayonnaise, uh, mayonnaise, salad, gratin and tomato cups in order to uh, disarm a bomb. Uh, But the instructions are all in Japanese. So perfect. And, and, there's a real bomb in real life, but it's not a bomb, it's a mayonnaise explosion, so when you fuck up, you get covered in mayonnaise. Oh, Game of or, the year. like, in real life, you actually have a little jar of mayo right there, and if you and your friends fail, then you have to eat a spoonful of it. Oh, I was just going to assume it would devolve into a mayonnaise fight, where you just start flinging spoonfuls of mayonnaise at each other, because you can't work together. Didn't, wasn't the recent Splatoon thing mayonnaise versus ketchup or something yes. yeah yes there was that and it uh eventually devolved into a crude joke on twitter okay. you could like shoot mayonnaise out of a gun in that game for that one weekend it's fucking or incredible bo- I, it was beyond disgusting it was like did y'all hear what they called it on twitter no no it was the cum blood war oh hi curry's mom <laughs> i mean I thought it was genuinely hilarious because it was the idea of a children's game in which they were just fighting with semen and blood spraying everywhere. Oh, you know I'm what the only one who's be... immature. You know what game would be really good with uh, mayonnaise sponsorship? Journey. Uh, just peaceful, peacefully surfing down a mountain of mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, that would be beautiful. Oh, actually. Uh, going on that thought, how about Abzu? Except replace the entire ocean with mayonnaise. Yeah, or Wind Waker, and it's just mayonnaise islands in an ocean of mayonnaise. It's just mayonnaise. You're a mayonnaise boy in a mayonnaise boat in a mayonnaise ocean going to mayonnaise islands, getting the mayonnaise Triforce. Echo the dolphin, but what? in mayonnaise. <laughs> I don't think... <laughs> do you think that the sonar would travel farther in mayonnaise or not as far? Definitely not as far. See, I think it'd be farther because it's denser, and as long as you can actually get through stuff, dense stuff, like, would actually transmit the the sounds farther. But I could be wrong. How about Sonic the Hedgehog 2, uh, Aspartame Zone? (laughs) How about Shadow the Hedgehog with mayonnaise guns? That could work. Just just right all over Robotnik. Or whatever he fucking does in that game, I don't know. Okay, I think we've peaked... (laughs) I think we've peaked on this. It's too much potential, and we've got enough. <laughs> I have to ask one thing real quick, because there, this is a rarity. There is actual real-life Super Nintendo-related news. So, did anyone get the SNES Classic? 
What do you fucking think? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. No. 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 I want one though. Me too. Super Famicom only, okay? Look forward to my inevitable, once my connection is fixed, a stream of all 20 or 30 games that are on there of just me playing through that and crying that I don't have the thing. I think you would have to break some laws to do that, wouldn't you? Yeah, we... Starbox 2? Because I don't know about you guys, but I bought Matoko-chan. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I sure yeah. did, yeah. We all definitely had legitimate purchases of this incredibly rare game. I did, however, pirate the mayonnaise. <laughs> Got my 3D yeah. printer and just printed yeah, some mayonnaise. Yeah, I download mayonnaise all the time. Your download is complete. Uh, I made my own. Ah, uh, there it is, that bespoke uh. mayonnaise. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Wait. Oh, are we going to start, like, a uh, high-end mayonnaise-themed gastropub? Yes. And we're gonna have we're gonna have mayo taps, and it's gonna be good. We're gonna go out of business in one hour. Mayonnaise on uh, on tap. Mayonnaise draft. Mayonnaise <laughs> nitro mayonnaise at yeah, the, at with the, espresso mixed in. <laughs> it'll be the uh, the the podcastro pub. Nice. I like that one. Okay. I th- I think that's it for this mayo cast. Today, I think the, we're very good in the month of Mayotober. I, I I am not going to do this, but I might maybe just make a little mark on a piece of paper for every time we say mayonnaise, and uh, just count it at the end. <laughs> it, oh God. it would be really good to know how often we said it because apparently we didn't say the word Cheetos until like twenty minutes into our uh, Chester Cheetah podcast. That's <laughs> wait, we've had how many licensed tie-in games have we played? Just Too the many. two. Too many, yeah. But that's also food tie-ins, which is really, like, you're really... That's a high batting average. Yeah, but what I other would... tie-ins were you getting on the Super Nintendo? You weren't getting, like, you know, well, Mitsubishi tie-ins. Well, does the... Technically, Drift Kane is a licensed tie-in game, isn't it? Because it's celebrating, like, the real-life Drift King. Like... That's true. That's true. I suppose so, but it's only as much as a t- of a tie-in as, like, Tiger Woods Golf, which is sort of a golf game with... A person in it, you know. The NES had a uh, crash test dummy game. Which are they celebrities? Yes, in a way, <laughs> they, they're banned, and they are. You know, they did do those public safety announcements. Oh God, they're a band, aren't they? <laughs> so, I, I thought I thought Bachelor said that they are banned, as in they are no longer allowed in America. If only. Yeah, that would be ideal. <laughs> okay, the Rowdy Boys. The Rowdy Crash Boys. Mmm, smash me into a wall, please. Thank you. Uh, fuck. So, uh... That's my emotion after this cast. Yep, just just put me into a wall at 60 miles per hour. That's what I want. Because I'm a dummy. Um, okay, so I think we're good. I think we've mayo casted enough here. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to eat me. Oh, wait, I was going to do a thing. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to... I have mayonnaise in the fridge. I'm going to eat a spoonful of mayonnaise live on <laughs> oh, air. No. <laughs> no. Oh, okay, wait, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. You got it. You got to ASMR it. You got to get up in the mic. Oh, God. That's no, going to be really don't. gross. <laughs> please don't do that. You have to do this. I'm no genu- one is ever going to listen to this show again. This is our <laughs> final episode, and this is how we go out. This is how we go out, with a squish. Okay, I'll be right back. Oh, God. Quick, everyone run away. I don't think we've actually addressed what Ajinomoto means at all. Well, 
How could we? Well, what does it mean? I could right now. Ajinomoto means essence of taste. Oh. Oh, that must be why they had so much like food science stuff in their Ajinomoto mayonnaise FAQ corner. <laughs> I, I, this is going to be the first podcast where I have a surprise because I don't know what you guys, what everyone was saying while I was gone. So that's nice. We're just cringing and huddling together. All right. This is Best Foods, real mayonnaise made with cage-free eggs. And the only clean spoon I had was a, was a fairly large spoon. <laughs> Glenn, you don't have to do this. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. I'm promoting this podcast, and this is how I do it. Hold on, I gotta get a spoon full of mayonnaise. Uh. So I'm getting about I'm getting about two tablespoons of mayonnaise here, which would have 180 calories. I'll have you know. <laughs> Jesus, it's like half a meal. You're set yep. for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Okay, here we go. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, God. <laughs> That's way too much barf. mayonnaise. <laughs> I'm gonna barf, man. Closer, please. Mm. I just swallowed it all <laughs> at once because uh, I was... Ugh. So that's going to be the lead-in for the episode, right? I yep. just swallowed it all. <laughs> I just... <laughs> just one big oh, gulp. Oh, I'm licking the spoon for <laughs> posterity. Are you serious? You don't have to do this. Oh, this I is the good have- content right here. I usually have to pay four dollars a minute to get this sort of treatment, so this is pretty sweet. <laughs> this is our worst episode. I thought Lord of the Rings did it, but this is it. It Fuck. can't get any worse than this. Mm. Oh, that was so nasty. God damn it. Now you I hate mayonnaise. You can't savor it and be repulsed. <laughs> oh, it's so vinegar it's more vinegary than I thought. And like yeah. I had never thought about it and it's very it's stuck to the, my mouth. Ugh. Now you can just vile. think about all the bacteria in it that looks exactly like Dr. Mario viruses. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. Actually, you can fix that if there's a whole bunch of Dr. Mario viruses in there. Just eat a whole bunch of pills. <laughs> I'm a just whole gonna... bunch of a whole bunch of different pills, all different colors. If you eat another spoonful, I think we can post this to my Clips for Sale studio and make at least $300 off real sickies. <laughs> I'm not I fucking like, doing that. Uh, I'm seriously <laughs> nauseous right now. Okay, so that does remind me of so- something I want to bring up for Harmony before we end this podcast forever and never <laughs> eat mayonnaise again. Or talk about it or think about it. Mayonnaise is incredibly hard to market because the more you say it or talk about it or think about it, the more disgusting it becomes. So I'm really impressed with uh, uh, this game because uh, it made me not completely hate mayonnaise. That's true. That is a serious trick that they did. It brought a harmony into our lives about mayonnaise and with well, mayonnaise. Except, except Virtual Clint will never eat mayonnaise again. I'm not sure about that. I think he's dead. I mean, <laughs> he's just not here anymore. Like, oh, God. He's puking we, in the bathroom right now. We killed him. Oh, my God. Clint? This is amazing. I, I never thought someone would die on air. And it's our host, too. Uh, I guess as co-host, I have to say thank you for listening to... The, the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast. Funeral Rest services in- will be held next week. <laughs> so this is going to be like one of those rock bands. It was just like an underground success. But then like, you know, one of the members died and they suddenly got a bunch of attention. Now we're going to spend the next 30 years doing reunion tours without Clint.
We need a new drummer. Oh, wait, no. Hold up. Clint's computer shut down. We probably spilled mayonnaise on it. It's Yeah, maybe. Uh, that's just... Well, that is still technically a death, but we just gotta wait a minute. <laughs> but this is really just what happens when you put mayonnaise into your uh, optical disk drive. <laughs> See, that's a surprise to me. This is karma, man. This is, like, Virtual Clint was asking for this when he took that spoonful of mayo. So we're starting, like, the Ajinomoto Mayo Challenge, right? Like, we're going to make this a YouTube sensation. I can't handle that. We can lie about it being for charity, and we're going to be like the Susan G. Komen of, like, mayonnaise. We're, wow. We're going to make it carcinogenic? We're going to get rich as fuck off, like, just saying, you know, we're going to eat some mayonnaise, just, like, beat cancer or wallop, like, sickle cell or, you know... I don't know, for Haiti and uh, Puerto Rico. Oh, uh, we're going to eat mayonnaise to, uh, for salmonella treatment. There we go. The only way to do that is to risk salmonella ourselves. This is the greatest episode. I am actually quite proud of all of us. Yeah, this is pretty good, although I'm definitely going to yarts thinking about all this mayo. I, I, I can never listen to this, not just because I'm on it, but because I think I'll just, I might get ill. I am ill. Well, fortunately, the only really sit- sickening person here is our host. Is that me currently? I mean, it could be if you want to accept the title. You do have to eat the mayo, though. That's that's how you become host. <laughs> what? <laughs> but, wait, is that like Dragon Age? <laughs> Where you have to drink the, the corrupted blood? <laughs> it, it's some real Highlander shit. There can only be <laughs> one, and it's whoever finishes a whole jar of mayonnaise. Oh, I think Clint's back. Let's wait for it. Clint, we decided you're no longer the host. It's going to be curry. And then- <laughs> okay. Clint can't speak through all the mayo in his throat. I did attempt to close out the podcast, and then one second before I talked about funeral pr- uh, proceedings, because we all assumed you died. Yeah, I died. <laughs> My fucking computer came unplugged. It wow. just, it fell out. <laughs> well, I died in the middle of that, so uh, hopefully I didn't miss anything too good. We'll find out at the end of my editing session. Um, so that's it for this mayonnaise-filled podcast. Um, hey, everybody, where can people find you if they want more of you? I'm Courier Rice, your co-host. Uh, you can find me on the selectbutton.net forums as Courier Rice. You can find me on Twitter as Courier Rice. And also, I run the snexploration.tumblr.com microblog, as it's called. I'm One Second Before, also known as One Second Before on the forums. And also, I have a documentary that I made that I'm submitting to more film festivals now. Hopefully, I'll get into another one. The movie is called Sarasota Half in Dream, and it has mangroves in it. So you can see that, or the trailer at least, uh, for now, at sarasotamovie.com. I'm Sakarina. You can find me on Twitter at Sakarina. That's S-A-K-U-R-I-N-A. And if you're a fan of retro games, I also do a YouTube channel where I play through every Wonderswan game in existence in chronological order. And you can find that at swansong.ws. I'm a bachelor. 
You can find my great game, D3, The Natural Playboys, at bachelorsoft.com. There's a demo available. It's very old. We're going to have a newer, much better one soon. I'm on Twitter at Bachelorsoft, which is labeled potentially sensitive because maybe at one point I used a popular hashtag to tweet out the word dildos. I'm also on Instagram as at Bachelorsoft. So check me out, please. Thank you. There's nothing that rude there, but thank you. I am Talpa. You can find me on the forums as Talpa, and occasionally I stream games on Twitch under the name Tupler. T-U-P-P-L-E-R. Oh, and I am on Twitter as Memorious Talpa. And I've been Virtual Clint. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Virtual Clint. Um, And I'm on the select button forums as Virtual Clint. Um, If you like this podcast, tell your friends about it. Tell anybody about it. Tell your enemies. Tell uh, a skywriter. Tell the person below, like in the apartment below you, that makes a lot of noise on Saturday nights that they might like this podcast. Maybe you'll shut them up on Saturdays. Um, if you leave a review on iTunes, and please leave a review on iTunes. It's been weeks. Um, I will read it on the podcast, or I'll get somebody to do it, uh, even if it's really, really mean or rude or mayonnaise centric. It'll get on here. Um, For updates and notifications about polls, like I said, we pick three random games you get to pick. Uh, Follow the Snexploration Twitter. It's at... So, well, the Super Nintendo Exploration. I've always smashed it together because it's at Snexploration. S-N Exploration on Twitter. Uh, If you have questions or, I don't know, mayonnaise, uh, you can email us at Snexploration at gmail.com. Uh, Carrier mentioned they're running a Tumblr, so check that out, snexploration.tumblr.com. And as always, for more inane video game discussion, jump into the selectbutton.net forums. Now, this is the part where I'd normally tell you what three games you get to vote on, but because we're coming up on our memorious 10th episode, um, we're doing something a little bit different. I'm going to run a raffle on Twitter. As long as you like and retweet that, then you'll get an entry. And at the end of the week, probably Friday... Um, I'll send you a me- I'll send the winner a message and they get to pick a game. We're not randomizing anything. It's just pick a damn game. Um, by the time you've heard this podcast, uh, that's already happened. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I'll, I'm going to put up a special announcement, which you've probably already heard, uh, that'll direct you to do that. So enter and vote. I'm going to say in the special announcement because it doesn't matter right now. So we don't know what game we're playing next, but trust me, it's going to be a good one because somebody's going to pick it and they're not going to pick like Garbage Man 3000, The Trash Journeys or something. So um, the next there's there's no proof that it'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope it is. But if it's if it's Shrug, we know it's going to be uh, Demon's Crest. So that'd be good. I'd like that. I love that game. Um, But yeah, and then uh, that's it. Next podcast is going to go up uh, October 28th. And thank you for being patient for the week delay. I was out of town. And, uh, you know, Courier, next time I might try and get you to record it, but who knows? (laughs) That way we keep on our two-week schedule. But whatever. Uh, We're good. So... Um, But yeah, and until next time, this is the part where we usually say it's not... X and Tulpa, you've already got one down. I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna say. I ooh, I don't know. It's not Chester Cheetah's Cheeto Quest or whatever the fuck that was called. That's what I was gonna do. Ah, sorry. It's not Chet's Quest. It's not Chester Cheetah's Wild Wild Quest. Thank you for getting the name right. <laughs> this one's hard. It's not Chuck Rock.
It's oh, oh, oh. It's not the Skittles one. That what's that game that had Skittles in it? Oh, fuck. Skittles. There I... was there was there was a Mac Puyo Puyo clone named Skittles that got a cease and desist at one point. Well, it's not that. It's it... not Captain Crunch's Crunchling Adventure. It's, it's not, not Sneaking. There, there you go. go. It's not Darkened Sky, the Skittles GameCube game. That's it. It's not Yoshinoya. It's better than Super Metroid! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's been our podcast for this week. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye! See you later! Bye! Bye! Meow! Meow! <laughs> I love that noise you make. Wow! <laughs> <laughs>